Hello, everyone. Welcome to a live edition of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Always enjoy coming on live, even though you never know if you're going to have te technical difficulties or anything. But um, I'm uh, very excited about today's subject. Uh, this is really important. I was just going to do a pre-recorded episode of this, and I just didn't get it done in time. Uh, I just finished recording a really good uh, interview with Brother Scott Clem that I'm probably going to air on Friday. I, uh, so I'll probably put that one out Friday. I, I might I might do have that as like a Friday evening release. But that's a really important subject where we're going to be talking. We uh, discuss um, the New Testament versus the New Covenant. There are people, many people are teaching that the New Covenant and the New Testament are two different things. And I'm, I'm, I'm being surprised by some of the people that are teaching that. That's just not true. And um, I already knew it wasn't true. And I had plenty of ammo <clears throat> that I had. But... Uh, brought Brother Clem on and he threw some ammo out there I hadn't even thought of before. So some really good stuff. You definitely are going to want to listen to that program. I'll have that ready to go uh, Friday evening. I think we're going to plan on. But today, uh, what I want to talk about, uh, you'll notice the subject that I had, you know, de-escalating doctrinal divisions. This is something that uh, everyone needs to know how to do. Now, uh, I had somebody uh, several years ago. From the poster of world, uh, he was kind of one of these flattering types. He doesn't like me anymore uh, and has criticized me for the very thing that he complimented me for. But he, uh, this is why you never listen to flat, never let flattery go to your head. And fortunately, I knew not to with this individual. But he told me one time, he's like, you know, one of the things I appreciate you, Pastor Tommy, is that you're, you're like a bridge between the old IFB and the new IFB. That was what he liked about me. But then when I wasn't like throwing all the old I have beers in hell, um, then I was, wasn't a good guy anymore. But uh, I am somebody who I just, I don't want to be, I, I just, I can't enjoy life being fake, being a hypocrite. I believe in being real. And when it comes to uh, my practices, when it comes to my personality, when it comes to many things, I am, I am just, I'm an independent fundamental Baptist. I love the IFB. I am a part of that culture, um, but at the, at the same time, too, I happen to be different than most of the IFB when it comes to eschatology, when it comes to Israel, and so as a result of that, it kind of puts me on the outs <clears throat> with a lot of people in that world, and as much as I love the IFB, it does have a lot of faults in it, and uh, one of the big faults that they have is there's a lot of people in it that have politically align themselves with different positions, but they don't know why they believe what they believe. And so they just kind of fall in line with whatever their Bible college said, whatever their Pope say, and they don't know how to defend their position. So they're very insecure. There is a lot of insecurity in the IFB world. And so as a result of that too, because so many people are political, they assume you are the same way. So they don't know what to do with me because I like I like the old IFB crowd. I want to hang around that crowd. I fit in with them better. But at the same time, too, I'm not apologetic apologetic about what I believe, and I'm not, and I don't hide it. I don't hide it under a bushel. I'm exactly the way they are about what they believe, and they are vocal. They are open. They are to the point. They are in your face, and I happen to be the same way. But 
Uh, and so they can't figure that out because since I'm different, that should mean I hate them. And so they, they don't really know what to do with that. But no, here's when it comes down to it. And I put a link in the description uh, of this video. The reason uh, I can still get along with them and fellowship with them is because I took the time several years ago to study out, first off, the entire issue when it comes to eschatology. But then also I literally explored through studying the scriptures, not talking to people. I, you know, why these things are important, what is important, what is worth dividing over, what is damnable heresy, what is not. I sorted all that out in my mind, and I have been very consistent in the last 10 years when it comes to fellowship uh, on these things. And so, um, you know, I've, I've got, I've done, I've, I've done teaching on this, on this channel, I've not covered it much. I did share a sermon and that's what the link is to where I preached a sermon on drawing lines on ecclesiastical separation. And I specifically dealt with a rapture when it is worth dividing over when it is not. And most of the division that we are seeing uh, is in a category in categories where I would say we should not be dividing or labeling someone a heretic. But at the same time, as soon as you bring up certain things, it turns emotional fast. And I am somebody who I know how to de-escalate a situation. Now, here's the thing about that. So, but Tommy, I see you escalate a lot of situations. And that's true because those who are who know how to de-escalate always are going to have the knowledge on how to escalate. And sometimes it's fun to watch things escalate. So, um, so yes, in social media, on Twitter, of course I know how to escalate as I know how to de-escalate. But de-escalating is not that entertaining on Twitter. But in church, okay, in church, in my church, in your church, I do not want to de-escalate situations. Or not de-escalate, I'm sorry. I don't want to escalate the situation. I don't want to escalate it. I don't like drama in my church. I don't like conflict and I don't want to see it in your church either. The last thing I would ever want to do is disrupt things in someone else's church. I would hate to see a church split over this. I think that would be a shame. I think that would be tragic if that were to happen. And that has happened many, many times. Churches have split over things that are not worth splitting over. And I believe when it comes to certain elements of eschatology, the Jews, it's not worth splitting a church over. And so, you know, a lot of preachers, they just have, well, if, you know, if you feel that way, why don't you stop putting your stuff online? It's like, well, you know what? Uh, why don't you, you know, how come you guys can write the books? You can have the newspapers, you can have the conferences and you can have the social media, but I can't. Uh, every tool that I use to promote what I believe are tools that are available to you too. So it's a, it's a fair level playing field. So when I am on my YouTube channel, when I am behind my pulpit, I am going to preach exactly what I am convinced is true, but I wouldn't go into your church and try to cause division over these things. I would never do that. I don't want to do that. And uh, I, I'm sad when it happens and I have heard 
many testimonies from both sides of these conflicts. And so typically when I hear about a church that had a blow up over eschatology or something like that, you know, typically it was the post-tribbers that came in and disrupted things. And, um, and so obviously when that happens, okay, I've never heard of pre-tribbers coming into a post-trib and, and splitting a church. I've never heard of that. Okay. I have heard of post-tribbers going in and splitting the pre-trib church. And let me just say this. When post-tribbers come into a church and split it, obviously I would doctrinally align with the post-tribbers, but I would side with the pre-tribbers against the post-tribbers because they have no right to come into a, a church and disrupt the unity and split a church over something like that. And if they do that, that is wrong. And let me tell you something, I, I condemn that. I absolutely condemn that type of thing. And if anybody does that, um, they're not following my advice. I, I'm not for that at all. But I will say this too. There are many situations where I have heard both sides. I have talked to the post-tribbers. Um, there's been, I, I've heard, I've heard preachers tell stories about these new IFBers that came in their church and split their church and passed out DVDs and did all this stuff. And, and then later I've met those people and they've told me their side of the story. And it's like, yeah, that's not exactly the way the preacher told it. And, you know, and sometimes the, those post-tribbers were completely at fault and behaved inappropriately. Sometimes the preacher, the pastor totally overreacted to finding out someone in his church was like a new IFB or something like that and ended up escalating the situation and it caused a blow up. And I would, I would blame the pastor. Most of the time there's probably some fault on both sides. Um, and so I want to give advice today to the people who doctrinally would align with me on how you need to handle things. Uh, but then also those who do not doctrinally align with me, but don't want their church split by people who believe like I do. I want to give you advice too, because I don't want your church split over these things. I don't support that. And so I'm going to, I want to give you some things. I'm not here, here today to change your mind on the subject, but I do want to give you some things to help you um, not overreact and I, and I don't want you to handle the situation poorly to where you end up having a great big mess to clean up. And so uh, when it comes to church splits, all right, and let me just say, I'm, I'm obviously generalizing. I don't know everyone's situation. And let me just say this too, before I kind of get into some scriptures and some um, pr principles here. Uh, one of the reasons I did this, uh, I'm doing this live stream is because yet again, again, I had a pastor out of nowhere, just like coming after me hard on social media and expressing what a, clearly a great deal of dislike. Now, um, you know, while I have a online platform, you know, I don't see myself as like a public figure or anything like that. I am a pastor of a small local church. That's why that, you know, that's why I am. And it, it's all, it's still weird to me you know, when I go to other places and other meetings and, you know, people know me and are familiar with my stuff, I, I'm not used to that. I don't, I don't think that way. And so I forget that because I have a, an, an online platform and I put a lot out there that it is very possible that someone could get to know me through that 
and develop a strong dislike for me. And, and so I'm not used to it. Just like there's many famous people that we all can't stand. We hate their guts. And if we were to meet them, you know, we would have this contempt for them. But at the same time, they have no idea who we are. Right. And so I'm not I'm not used to that. So it's like when I see people have this huge contempt and disgust for me, um, it's still hard for me to imagine. It's like, did you develop that just from watching me online? Because I don't think I'm that repulsive. I mean, I try to be nice. Um, people who know me, even ones who disagree with me, get along with me really good. So when somebody just out of nowhere is coming at me and clearly has a lot of hostility towards me, what I, I I'm it, it could be me, but I'm usually convinced that it's not me, <laughs> that uh, this person has probably had his church blown up by post trivers or new IFBers or something like that. And I had I had one guy he was he was coming after me. All right, I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to uh, share any of the public stuff. Uh, he actually apologized to me this morning. Uh, he actually apologized to me. And so I appreciate that. And we've gone back and forth online, but this guy out of nowhere, I mean, he was coming after me hard. You know, he kept calling me, you know, calling me new IFB and Andersonite and all this kind of stuff. And it was, I mean, he was clearly seemed obsessed, you know, and just kept talking about Andersonites, new IFB and um, just wouldn't let it go. Just kind of rubbing my, rubbing my nose in and all that. So finally I just, I private messaged him and, and cause I knew what it was. I know he's not responding this way because of me. I like new IFBers have been in this church and blew things up. And so I just, I basically sent him a private message just saying, Hey, I recognize the signs, you know, I, and I, I was pretty blunt and I won't, I won't put it the way I, exactly I did, but I, I wasn't trying to be real diplomatic, but I was just putting it out there. It's like, listen, this isn't my fault. And <laughs> if they came in and blew up your church, uh, I don't support that. I, I think that's wrong. And uh, yeah. And he admitted that, yes, some new IVers came in his church and um, you know, caused a lot of problems. And I said, well, I condemn that. I said, I've had people like that come in my church and cause problems for me. I understand it's hard to not get bitter over church splits. Uh, it's a very, every pastor who's dealt with church splits, it is very difficult to not get bitter over things. Things often get very ugly. And, but it's just like, hey, I, I might agree with those, you know, whoever those people were that were in your church doctrinally, but I definitely don't agree with the behavior. They shouldn't do that. So, um, you know, so, you know, and he, he did, he apologized. And so I appreciate that. So I'm not going to come on here and, uh, try to humiliate him or, or rub his nose into anything. But so that I, I do, I get that a lot where there's preachers who hate me because they had horrible experiences with the new IFB and they associate me with that and therefore take out a lot of their hostility and hatred on me. And it's like, well, I don't think that's fair and I'm not going to stop preaching what I believe, but. I do not believe a pre-tribbers church ought to get infiltrated by post-tribbers, split by post-tribbers. I don't believe we ought to disrupt the unity. I think that's wrong. So I want to give some advice for both sides, for the people who I align with doctrinally and the people who I support, you know, who I yet do not align with doctrinally because I don't think your churches ought to be split over this. And so in 1 Corinthians 3, 
verse one, it says, and I brethren cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto you are not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able now. So why are they babes in Christ? Well, because of their carnality, their carnality was re revealing their babe in Christ condition that they were in. Now, how did that carnality reveal itself? Because he says, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So the strife and divisions, it revealed their carnality that they had. And folks, a, a seasoned Christian who's been saved for years is very capable of acting like a babe in Christ. Why? Because we are all capable of carnality. All of us are. So don't think because you've been saved a long time, you can't do this. You better believe you can do this. Anytime you let your guard down, you can do this. And let me tell you, there's something about doctrinal disputes that brings out the babe in Christ in all of us, the carnality in all of us. And notice he goes on to say too, now how did it manifest itself even more specifically in this situation, the division, the carnality? For while one saith, I'm of Paul, and another I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but my ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. So the way this carnality manifested itself is they're aligning themselves with different people. Now I have two different kinds of opponents when it comes to this. I have men who are respectful, who like me, who get along with me, who disagree with me. They often enjoy being challenged by me. They don't mind me challenging their position. And we, in private, you know, we will discuss these things and throw things back and forth at each other. And one thing those guys never do, the ones who engage in a proper way, is they never drop names. They don't drop names for themselves. I stand behind Oliver B. Green, amen. And you're an Andersonite. They don't do that. They don't do that. They talk about the scriptures. And I think that's great. That's what I want to do. I want to talk about scriptures, but carnal people want to talk about men. And the reason people often will throw out the Andersonite label, the new IFB label and things like that is because they are projecting on you. They have accepted a doctrinal position based on a group that they want to identify with rather than scripture. And so they assume you're doing the same thing. They assume that because you have this position, you must be a follower of this person. And, and they assume that because that is how they are. And typically these people cannot articulate their position. Well, I will articulate my position using my own words, using the scriptures, but yet all they can see is a person and, you know, and, and all they see is a movement. They see four letters and IFB and they associate that you know, with those people that came and stirred things up in their church and caused problems. And that's, that's just not right. That's not, that's not fair. So I do, I, I think name dropping is so weak. I think it is so weak when you're trying to prove your position and you're dropping names, when you're trying to debunk someone else's position and you're dropping names, you're proving your weakness, you're proving your carnality. And let me tell you, when you're being carnal, don't expect things to go well. Hey, hey, listen, let's just, let's just say for a little bit too. All right. I'm talking to the pre-tribbers right now. Let's just say those new eye of beers. They're just these evil wolves in sheep's clothing that are attempting to infiltrate your church 
and just destroy it. Okay, let's let's just assume that. Um, do you think you will handle that situation better by being carnal than by being spiritual? Uh, I think y'all know it's not going to go better if you're carnal. So if you use these methods of just immediately, you know, going to the name dropping and not treating people like an individual, not giving people the, um, you know, not giving people the respect of just, or even just hearing them out to see, Hey, maybe this person is convinced, you know, maybe this person did, there are people even within the new IFB world that they don't know what they believe either. They've just aligned themselves with that crowd. And so they repeat whatever that crowd is saying. And you have to admit that's a lot of people in the old IFB too. They have no idea what they believe. That's why they all keep going trendy. They've never been taught how to articulate their position, how to prove anything from the scriptures. And so they just repeat things. They repeat their favorite people. So it's on, it's on both sides. But there are legitimate people in there. There are people in there that um, they are in their position by conviction. And, you know, you, you need to figure that out and give them some respect. And you're not going to do better by being carnal. So um, let's let's try to handle this in a spiritual way. Let's try to be the, let's try to be the mature one. They might be acting like a baby, but if they're acting like a baby, you won't do better by acting like a baby with them. You've got to be the adult in the situation. And so, uh, to those on the post-trib side, okay, you need to understand you have no right to go into an established church. Even if you've been in that established church for a long time, and then you change your mind on, on these things, you got to understand the import there. There's priorities, right? I believe eschatology is important, but I believe there's other things that are more important and you got to remember too, you're not the pastor of the church. God gave every church one pastor and one of his main roles, uh, one of his, the many things that he has to do as a pastor of that church is he's trying to maintain unity within the church. And there's a lot of scriptures that Ephesians 4, 3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. No pastor like like I said like I said I like escalating stuff on online sometimes because it's entertaining but it, I do not like drama in my church I, I don't think any pastor likes drama in their church you you don't want to see that no pastor enjoys dealing with divisions and fights within the church they want to be united it's it's a very important thing they want peace in the church, Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And there's just, you know, it's, it's a wonderful feeling when your church is getting along and when you are united and you're, everybody's working together. And let me tell you, it is a nightmare. It is a burden when the church is fighting and Romans 15, six, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. That's how we want to be. As a church, we want to be of one mind. We want to, uh, second Corinthians 13, 11, finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace and the law and, uh, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Philippians 1 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs 
that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That is what we want to be doing in church. We want to be working together, advancing the gospel. Now, obviously, all doctrine is, all, all doctrine is important. Okay, I, I, I get that. I'm not trying to belittle anything, but I say all this to say that no two people are always going to agree on everything. It's just, it's not going to happen. So we've got to learn to look at the bigger picture of things. And so when you have a church that's been around for years and you've got a group of people that have agreed on a doctrinal statement and they are unified, who are you to come in and disrupt that? Hey, why can't the Holy Spirit deal with that church? Why can't the Holy Spirit work on the leader of that church? You have no right to just go in there and disrupt things. I mean, how arrogant do you have to be to do that? And so the thing is, if you are different on these things, you need to understand you don't have the right to infiltrate. Okay. You don't have the right to do this. Now this stinks. Okay. Listen, you and me would probably agree. Again, we're probably going to agree about end times. We're probably going to agree about the Jews. Uh, we're probably going to agree that you shouldn't get thrown out of your church for being post-trib and non-Zionist and things like that. Okay. I would probably agree with you on that, but here's the, here's the thing. You have no right to creep in unawares. That's what false prophets do. Jude one, four, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God to lasciviousness and denying the old, the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. If we're using the method of the false prophets, we're probably in the wrong. What did, what did Jesus say in Matthew 10, 27? What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Okay, what's, we need to be open about what we believe. Now, that does not mean that we uh, are not capable and that we shouldn't be willing to you know, not bring up certain things for unity's sake. All these passages we go to about being of one mind, being united, it doesn't mean we all think exactly alike, but it's like, you know what? This isn't, you know, the gospel is a very important thing. The church is a very important thing. And I am willing to set aside certain preferences, certain likes, certain dislikes, if it's going to advance this. It's not just about my will. It's not just about my desire. And so I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to be cooperative in this, in this situation. And, and, but it doesn't mean we can, we can infiltrate. So for example, um, you know, I'm very open about what I believe. There are many pastors who know what I believe, who disagree with me and, but they will, you know, they're okay with me coming to their conferences and visiting, you know, visiting their church. And, and there are, there's a lot of conferences and meetings that I go to. And, um, I don't, you know, I don't go there and like pass out my information while I'm there and pass out papers showing what I believe. Uh, I also don't use influence. I, I might gain within that to try to pull people over to my side. I, I just, I don't think that would be right to do, to do that. They, if, if, but if I know they are okay with fellowshipping with me, uh, you know, I want to fellowship with them. And so I, but when I'm at their meetings, you know, I'm not bringing up, I'm not going to go 
just throw a monkey wrench in everything. I'm not going to go be in a squeaky wheel at that conference. If they're having a conference on soul winning or a conference on the old paths or whatever, you know, Hey, I support them in these things. I'm going to go there. I'm going to be supportive in those things. And again, overall, when it comes to independent fundamental Baptist churches, I am with them. I want them to continue. I want them to continue seeing souls saved and doing great things for God. And I want their churches to be united. And um, it's not my job to straighten them out on all the finer points of doctrine and eschatology and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to do that. So the thing is, if you feel differently than a church, I think the first thing you need to do is right from the get-go, you need to be completely honest with the pastor about who you are and what you believe. Because he might not want to deal with it. You know, unfortunately, there are some post-tribbers that have given post-tribbers a bad name. And, but either way, it's his job to protect the flock and to help keep unity. And here's, you might not like this, but he might perceive in you. You may have given evidence through your behavior and through your spirit that you probably will be divisive over these things. I know nobody, nobody admits I'm divisive. I cause problems everywhere I go. I'm like a bull in a China shop in every church I go into. Now, nobody, nobody admits that, but guess what? That pastor might think you're that way. And he is the shepherd of that church. And so if he doesn't want you around, you know, I think you just need, I think you need to respect that and have a good attitude about it and go teach him a lesson by being a fantastic blessing in another church somewhere to where he wishes he'd, uh, he'd have been nicer to you. Don't go blowing up his church after that and trying to, uh, you know, you went and got everybody's phone numbers while you're in that church and now you're calling them all up and sending them links to my podcast and stuff like that. That, that, man, that'd be so stinking wicked. I hope nobody that follows me would ever do anything like that. But you know, but if that pastor does let you in, you know, you need to shut up completely about it. Do not use your influence to that. You get in that church to disrupt the unity. You need to shut up about it or you just need to go somewhere and support those that are doing it right. You know, it would be nice if all the people that supposedly align with, you know, churches like ours, if they were all in those churches, that'd be nice. You know, maybe, you know, maybe we would have more funds to be able to go out and do more uh, mission work and start more churches and, and get more churches out there preaching the right thing. But some of y'all, I think you just like cheering from the sidelines, hoping we'll give you ammo uh, against, you know, your local church so you can have an excuse to not go. That's not, that's not good. But um, you do, you do need to be, you're, you don't have a right to infiltrate. And let me just say this too, because I know of, I know of situations too, where people have been honest with the pastor. The pastor has told them, don't be talking to people about it. And then that pastor has literally sent people from his church to their house to question them about these things. And then when they talked to them, they told them, then they like threw them out of the church for um, spreading their beliefs. That's messed up. Okay. And again, pastors, a lot of pastors are very insecure. They're very scared. They've heard a lot of stories. Some of them are true. Some of them are false. Some of the stories are true, but the details have been greatly improved or exaggerated. And so there is, there's a, you know, it, it makes, it, it does scare a lot of pastors. And again, some of the stories are bad. I, I know firsthand of a lot of these. So, uh, but man, you have no right to do that to somebody. Okay. Obviously 
you know, you, you can't expect somebody to come into your church who's post-trib and to just lie about it. You know, you can't have, you can't have Israel Sunday and like force them to wave an Israeli flag during this service. They're not, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to want to do that. And you can't tell them not to talk about it. And then when somebody comes over to their house and like, what do you guys believe about eschatology? What are they supposed to do? Lie? You can't ask them to lie. And if they're like, we can't say, well, what's that going to do? That's going to get the people more freaked out. So, uh, you know, again, there's been some bad stuff that's happened on both sides. Okay. Pastor, you can't do stuff like that. You know, be, you know, be confident. So, uh, you know, I do, I think again, if you feel that strong about these things, I think you need to do what you got to do to get into a church that is right. Doctrinally, even that means you have to move people move for jobs. They move for Bible college. They move for everything. You can, you can do that. It's not that weird uh, to, to do that. And I understand there's situations where people can't move, but you know, but either way you don't have the right to infiltrate. And so if you're just not able to go to church, you know, do something to support the ones that are doing it right. And, and, and maybe if they know you're there and maybe, you know, that will, if, and they know there's people in that area, maybe that'll help them uh, know where to start the next church. Uh, I, I know somebody right now that is uh, ready to start a church. And so it's all it's, but you know, he doesn't really have a specific place yet. And it's all about, uh, and by the way, you know, he agrees with us doctrinally. So the thing is, it, it helps if you, uh, if, people and the churches that are right know where you are. And if you're somebody that's been supportive and uh, you're somebody who's proved you're not a, you know, paint eating nut job, um, then, you know, that's probably where they're going to go. I've now I do. I know many people like, I want to, I want a post-trib church. I want a non-Zionist church in our area. And I'm telling you, they are the last people I would ever want to start a church with. Uh, I've, I've known a lot of like, but then there's other ones that are like, man, these people would be a great help in a church plant. So you need to just be normal and know who you are and you pain eaters out there. And I don't know why I call you a pain eater. There's just some of you on my side. Okay. There's one I I'm, I'm feeling generous and I'm not going to name him today. He's always leaving comments and this guy, you know, if I slightly disagree with him, he just makes the biggest stink, leaves the longest comments. And I don't, I don't know who this guy is. I've never spoken with him, but I just picture him on his keyboard and just like him picking paint off the walls and eating it. I don't know. He's just, that's just what I picture in my head. Cause some of y'all are weird. And not only would I never want you in my church, I would not, I wouldn't send you to the church of my worst enemy. Maybe, but not, not anybody I liked. I would never send you. I'd never send you to the church of anyone I liked. So you got to watch out for that. But here's the other thing too, about those of you who just really, 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 really want a post-trip church. Do you know there's more to church and it just checking off a few doctrinal boxes? There's there's a lot more to it than that. Um, so for example, uh, I have had multiple people, uh, and then I'm not mad at you, I'm not rebuking anybody for this, okay? I'm just but I'm gonna tell you my thoughts on it. I've had multiple people ask me about putting together some kind of church directory of churches that believe right on end times and things like that. And I'm not gonna do that. And there, there's a couple of reasons I'm not, I'm not going to do that because one, uh, I don't really want my, I don't, I don't really want the spirit of prophecy church directory, 
you know, like I'm starting a denomination or a movement or something like that. Because first off, um, you know, I, I, I have no interest in doing anything like that. I am a pastor of a local church who happens to be friends with a lot of different pastors, post-trib and pre-trib. And here's the thing too. I know of many post-trib churches where I would never send anyone. And so I'm, so the thing is, I'm not just going to, I'm not, I'm not going to make a list of churches that include churches. I would never send somebody to, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And so as a result of it, all the churches on my list are going to be the Tommy McMurtry endorsed churches. And it just, uh, it, it just, it looks bad. You, you need to do the due diligence and find out who the believers are in your area and check those churches out. You, you need to do that. And I don't, and plus I don't know all the churches. I don't know all the churches in America. I don't even know all the churches in Illinois. I know a lot of good ones, but I, I don't know all of them. Another thing about that too, is on more than one occasion, I have had people contact me asking about churches. I have, I have recommended churches to them and they went and caused problems in those churches. Yeah. How do you think that makes me feel? So the last thing I want, cause I don't know who at all follows my stuff and watches my stuff. The last thing I want are people visiting a church. Yeah. I found about you from the spirit of prophecy and Pastor Tom McMurtry. And then you go and act like a maniac in that church and blow the church up. That pastor's going to hate me too. And so, uh, you know, it's not that I wouldn't recommend that church for you. I might not recommend you to that church if I don't know you. And so I have, I, that's happened more than once. And I'm frankly, I'm kind of tired of it. So pretty much anymore, occasionally, if there's people that I know that I think are normal and I think, Hey, these people would be, this would be good for this church. I might recommend them. But typically if I know they believe like I do, uh, I will call the pastor and it's like, Hey, are you okay? If I send a post tripper to your church or whatever, you know, there's people, they kind of have some new IV leanings and all that, you know, and, and sometimes pastors are like, man, I don't want none of that. I was like, okay, I will not, I will not mention, uh, your church. Some have been like, no, that's fine. You know? <laughs> and then they went and blew up, blew up, blew things up in that church. So. I'm not going to, yeah. So I'm not going to do a church directory. Everybody needs to do their own due diligence and you need to learn to act like a human being, uh, when you're in these churches, it's very important. I, I had a situation one time where, uh, I, I just had somebody call me this week, which is pretty funny. It's, it's not funny, but he was having a good attitude about it. And, and I couldn't help but laugh when he told me, but he said, he's about to go. He thinks he's, they're about to have a heretic trial for him at his church. And, uh, and so he, he doesn't really know what's going to happen, but let me tell you, I have talked to many post-tribbers who have had heretic trials, um, that they've had to go through in their church and it's terrible pastors. Come on, man. You, you got to deal with some of this stuff better. And I'm going to, I'm going to get back to helping you deal with this, but I mean, man, these, these, they are greatly escalating these situations. Now, some of the people's deserved it. Okay. There are some people that went on heretic trial. And they, they deserved it. Not because their doctrine was bad, but because they were idiots and they were causing a lot of problems in that church. But, um, but yeah, so I, I had a guy tell me one time, basically that he was, uh, they had a heretic trial in his church and he got thrown out 
and he was dropping my name. And the thing is, I wouldn't, I, I knew who this individual was. Okay. I'm, I never would have recommended him to that church because I knew that pastor and I liked him. I liked that pastor. So the last thing I would have done was sent this individual who aligns with some of my beliefs to this church. So when I found out he was blowing things up in that church and causing problems, I called that pastor up and I'm just like, Hey, just so you know, um, this individual told me that, you know, what's going on right now. I said, I'm on your side. That's what I told the pastor. I was like, I'm on your side. And I said, and just, you know, I was like, I never sent him to your church. I, I didn't do that. Uh, yeah, I, I said, you know, this guy, he's, he's crazy. And, um, yeah. And so I told him, I said, he was out of line and I have nothing to do with him. I don't want anything to do with him. And I don't know why he was giving, dropping my name, maybe because, you know, the pastor knew me, but, um, yeah, I don't have anything to do with people like him. So, um, you know, understand a lot of you online. I might not know you personally. So, but I'm, I'm tired. There's been way too many people who align with our beliefs who act like idiots and you need to knock it off. You need to stop making post-trib churches look bad. You know, you need to stop making people who just, who don't think that the Jews are more special than other people. You got to stop going into churches like wearing a swastika and, a you know, yelling Heil Hitler instead of amen during church. You get your people are crazy and you need, you need to knock it off. And so here's what you've got to understand too. Again, when looking for a church, it's more than just finding the church that checks off certain doctrinal boxes. Okay. Because again, there's churches that are post-trib, replaced theology, but that are that are terrible churches, terrible people, disqualified pastors, other bad doctors. I mean, what what if a church is right in eschatology, but they're wrong in the gospel? I I'd rather go to the church that's right in the gospel. You know, I don't I don't want to go to a church that's just full of wicked people. I wouldn't want to go to a church as a, a wicked pastor. There, I mean, there's churches out there. I mean, they are they are strong on a lot of issues, but there's been immorality. There's been cover-ups. I'm not going to that church. I'm not sending anybody to that church. I don't care that has those doctrinal boxes. And so when it comes to, you know, when it comes to churches, <clears throat> there are, there are much more important things than eschatology in the Jews. And again, obviously the gospel, we're striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's the most important thing. If they are right in the gospel, if they are a soul winning church, why would you ever want to blow that church up? Especially over eschatology. What, I, what a horrible thing to do to be in a good soul winning church is getting people saved. And then you go cause division. You cause people to flop out of that church because of, you know, they're, they're too nice to the Jews or something. You, you ought to be ashamed of yourself if you do that kind of thing. There's not just, and here's the other thing too. There are doctrinal boxes that somebody might be able to check off. And again, doctrinal, right? Doctrinal boxes are important, but at the same time too, do they live the doctrine that's being preached in that church? You know, above all things, put on charity. 
know, it, does this church have any love in the church? Does do, do the people love any each other? Do they actually love the lost? Do they love the fellow church members? Does the pastor love the people? You know, do they do they know how to live life? Are there good husbands in this church? Are they are there good wives in this church? Are they raising good kids? And so, folks, most of the churches that I prefer to fellowship with, I mean, a, a lot of them are are pre-trib. And sometimes, again, because again, I'm not trying to pick on the old IFB, but as a whole, you all are very weak doctrinally, even where you're right. You're not good at articulating why you're right. Uh, you, you've aligned yourself on the right things because you have, fortunately, you've hid behind good people. But at the end of the day, if those good people that you're hiding behind, if they didn't pass the doctrine on to you, you're only gonna be able to hang on to these things for so long. And that's why I am an old pass guy. I, I am, I'm, I believe in old fashioned music and I believe in standards and all of these things, but I also believe those things by conviction and I can prove them from the scripture where most of you can't, you just are like whoever, you know, the people are that you name drop all the time. You are not going to pass these things on to the next generation if you keep that up. And I'm tired of these old past guys crying about losing this generation and everything. But you, at the same time, you don't even know how to articulate what you believe. All you do is just criticize the other side. And I'm all for that. Nobody loves bashing the trendies more than I do, but I can also explain why I'm old past. So uh, you need to, you know, you, you need to get these things, these things figured out. And so on, but unfortunately a lot of people aren't. And so it's, it's creating a lot, it's creating a lot of confusion. And so, um, when it comes to these things, so pastors, okay, when it comes to dealing with people, when it comes to de-escalating situations, okay, if you have that poster, you have that new eye of beard comes to your church or, or maybe, and this is possible too. Okay. A lot of you have them in your church and you don't know it. Now, don't get mad at them, okay? They they went in there. They're probably trying to be quiet and trying to be a blessing, you know? And if it took you a long time to find out, it's not because they're a good infiltrator. It's probably just because they've been behaving. It, it really is. Uh, there there are. There's, there's a lot of really good ones out there. The bad ones get all the news and make all the press. But there, there are. There's a, there's a lot of really good ones that are out there. And so if they've been in your church for a while and it's gone under your radar, they're probably just doing a good job. So don't freak out, but just don't panic when these things come up. Okay. When you, if you find out you got a post trip in your church, I'm just gonna tell you right now, first thing, don't panic. Don't have an inquisition. Don't have a reprobate trial. I'm going to start calling that the reprobate trials or the, uh, I might call them like, like new IFB reprobate trials or something where they find out there's like a new IFB and it's like, they're ready to burn them at the stake or something. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's a funny mental picture, but at the same time, I shouldn't laugh because I know people, I know people that have been through it and it it's not pleasant for them. But here's, here's the thing. If you have people like that in your church, first thing you need to understand, and I'm not in any way trying to be condescending, but you probably will not change their mind about it. Okay. 
if you're letting them stay in your church with the hope that you will convert them, I'm just telling you, you probably will not convert them. Okay. Now, in my opinion, it's because one, we're right. And we have a, I mean, we are destroying what you teach about eschatology and the Jews. And even if you disagree with that, you've got to admit that most pre-tribbers and Zionists are not good at articulating their position where we know how. So you're probably not going to change their minds. I'm just telling you that right now. It's probably not going to happen here. You say, well, I know somebody that changed their mind here. Here's the only people who change their minds. People who get disgruntled with the new IFB. There's a lot of people, they get burned in that world. They get thrown out of their church, usually because they're an idiot or something. But if for whatever reason, they got in trouble. And so they're mad at the new IFB. And so then they dump all those doctrines because they want to align with somebody who's against them. But folks, you, you've got that in the old IFB too. That's, how, that's these recovering fundamentalists. That's these trendies. These are people who got burnt in the old IFB. You know, they feel like they were wronged and they're hurt and their nose is out of joint. And so what do they do? They dump everything. They lose their King James Bible. They start talking with a lisp. They put on the skinny jeans, you know, and then they start listening to contemporary music and all that kind of stuff. You know how it is. You've experienced it too. Those people, they didn't get convinced that the other side was true. They got mad at you and they joined your enemies. So understand if you have a new IFB in your church, you probably aren't going to change their mind unless they get burnt by that crowd. So if there's a pastor out there, you think you changed somebody's mind on these things. No, they probably got, they probably got their nose out of joint. And so they decided to join the enemy because at the end of the day, um, you don't, your side's not winning people over from our side. It's the other way around because, um, in, in my opinion, it's just because we're right. So, um, I, I, I really want to mess it. So you have to make a decision is, is this going to be something that can cause division? And what I would just tell people is just, I don't care that you believe this way, but if you start causing division, we're going to have a problem. And, and then those of you, when a pastor tells you that you better commit and promise to not cause division. And if something happens later and you do, you get your nose out of joint or he gets mad at you, even if he's wrong and how he handles things, do not use the influence you gained by their, them being gracious and allowing you to be a part of that church. Do not use that influence against that church and cause other people to leave. You cannot do that. That that's wrong. You have no right to do that. It is a very serious thing to go around splitting churches and, and causing that kind of turmoil. You do a lot of damage to that church. You do a lot of damage for the cause of Christ. You make post-tribbers look bad. You cause the way of truth to be evil spoken of. And I, I'm, I'm completely against it. And you know what? Probably 99 times out of 100, if I find out there's a, 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 you know, a division in a church, between the post-tribbers and the pre-tribbers, if that was already a pre-trib church 
And I'm probably going to go stand with the pre-trivers on there because it is not right for you to be going in there causing division. And, um, and so I haven't, uh, I haven't been really paying attention to the live chat, but I see pastor Jeff Woods is on here and said, it isn't right to go into a church and start fishing for faults in the pastor and pretending to be a prophet of old over the pastor. And that is, that's, that's a hundred percent true. And I think, I mean, it is, it takes a, a huge level of arrogance. God called him to be the pastor, not you. God has not called anyone to go and infiltrate a Baptist church or a Methodist church or a Catholic church. Those people are wrong. Okay. But I would not, I would never infiltrate a Catholic church. If I'm going to go into a Catholic church for whatever reason, I'm going to do it being open and honest, which will probably get me thrown out immediately. And so whoever you really are, if you are just this vocal over the top, you know, post tribber, then be that right away. So they can throw your backside out. That's what you need to do. Do not, do not infiltrate. I've had people that have done that. They have come into this church. They knew where we stood. We are, we are an established church and we've, there's ways we've done things forever. And they knew that is not, that was not my vision for the church. That was not how I did things, but this was what they tell themselves. I'm going to go in. I'm going to help the pastor. I'm going to go in and I'm going to help that church. Liar, infiltrator. You have no right to do that kind of thing. And let me tell you something. I don't, I don't want anybody doing that in this church. I don't want a pre-tribber coming in here and doing that. And you better believe I would never support a post-tribber doing that kind of thing. And so all these pastors out there talking about, you know, new IFB people and post-tribbers and replacement people coming to your church and blowing things up. I, I think there's probably quite a bit of truth to what you're saying. I, I believe a lot of that's happened, but I will tell you this. Okay. Um, as somebody who used to fellowship with the new IFB, they don't teach people to do that. Okay. So don't accuse them of that. Do not accuse them of sending people into your churches to infiltrate. They will send people into your churches because they believe people ought to be in good soul winning churches and things like that. But they tell, they, they tell them, shut up about these other things and do not cause division. They teach these are not deal breakers. I happen to agree with that. Okay? Now, many of these people who follow them online, who identify new IFB online, a lot of these are not balanced, well-rounded people because they've not they don't even attend their churches. They never have. They only listen online and they only listen to the certain subjects that they like. So they're very well versed in the reprobate doctrine. But at the same time, if it talks about, you know, being a good husband or wife, they have no idea what to do. Okay. You know, because they skip all those sermons, not because it's not preached. They skip all those, you know, and there's always somebody preaching on the reprobate doctrine on the Sodomites or something. So they, that's all, that's all they hear. So it's not really fair to, you know, blame new IFB or Anderson or whatever you, that that's not fair. You need to stop doing that. You need to understand that we are always going to live in a world where there are outside influences, What you as a pastor need to do, you do, you need a shepherd. You need to watch over your flock, 
but then you've got to make a decision. And because when new IFB people come into your church and they will come into your church because they're all over, right? People who believe like this are everywhere. We're all over the internet and we're Baptists and we like Baptists and we like Baptist churches. We have no problem getting along. I, I'm, I, I get along great with Baptist churches. And so um, the, the thing is, but if you feel like this is something I do not want in my church at all, then okay, that's fine. But let's, let's try to deescalate the situation. I would recommend being kind to them personally, uh, but just, you know, j just telling them, listen, um, I, I cannot allow, if, if you feel that strongly about it, okay, and I, I think you need to listen to my message about drawing lines and ecclesiastical separation when it comes to these things. I think you need to listen to my message on that. But again, I'm not the pastor of your church, you are. If the, if the timing of the rapture issue if the Jew issue is something that you cannot in any way tolerate in your church, that's fine. I would just, I, I would ask you to, you know, you know, be loving with people. It's like, Hey, you know, I, I'd love to have you in our church. You know, we you know, appreciate your soul winning. I appreciate your love for the Lord, all that. But, you know, uh, I do believe there's some real problems with this doctrine and I, I don't want you to feel like I'm sniping at you. I'm going to be preaching against that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't want to be sending a uh, conflicting message to your kids where I'm teaching them one thing and your parents are teaching them something different at home. And, um, you know, but I'm probably not going to change your mind on these things, but until you change your mind, this, this probably isn't the place for you. And I, I had a sp I've had speeches like that with people before, you know, on things like salvation. Uh, I had, I had one guy one time who didn't believe in the deity of Christ. And, you know, and I just told him, I said, listen, I said, um, you know, you're not gonna be able to come to this church if you don't believe in the deity of Christ. So like, you only let me come to church. And I said, I said, no, I said, you, you brought this up your first time coming. And I said, now I would be glad to come over to your house and talk to you about it some more. But until we get these things straightened out, this church isn't for you. And, you know, and, and I did, I, I nicely told him, I, I, I said, you can come back when we get straightened out on these things. And I said, until then, there's no, there's really no reason for you. There's no reason for you to be here. And so every pastor has got to decide in their church where they're going to draw that line. And so, you know, do it, do it, do it in a loving way. And then those of you on my, that, that agree with me, when a pastor does that, you need to, while you might disagree with his decision, you need to respect the authority that he has. You need to respect the position that he holds in that church and understand he's got a difficult job. He's doing things to the best of his ability. He's trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if, if he's wrong, let God deal with him. Don't you deal with him. Let God deal with him and pray that maybe God will change his mind. And like I said before, go teach him a lesson by going to find the church that will let you in there and you go just be a massive blessing. And maybe one of these days that pastor will be talking to that other pastor and be like, man, I got this family in our church. They have just helped our church so much. 
I mean, the soul winning program stronger in our church. These people, they are giving, they are helpful. They don't cause any problems. They've got a great family. They have wonderful kids. They're just doing, I mean, they just, I, they, they've made such a great difference in our church. And then he, he tells the pastor who they are. And then it's like, oh man, I could have had those people, but I was a knucklehead over end time stuff. But that's, that's how you teach these people a lesson. That, that's how you do it. And so uh, we want to make sure we deescalate these doctrinal divisions. And so if you do, if, if you, if you let the pastor find out what you are, that's going to escalate the situation. You know, you need to tell him, you need to be open. You need to be honest and you need to ask for his instructions on how to move forward. Find out what he would like for you to do, how he would like you to handle the situation. Ask him, Hey, pastor, what do I do if somebody if, if somebody comes and asks me about this, what should I do? You know, and, and then do what he says. And if, and if what he tells you or what he instructs you to do is something you can't do in good conscience, then you know, you don't go to that church again, go support. Listen, if it's this important to you, find a way to support the churches that are preaching it right. Find a, find a way to do something to let them know where you are and you help that church. Maybe they'll start a church in your area one of these days. But the, this, this conflict, I don't like hearing about churches splitting over these things. And I really don't like pastors hating me because of it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And you know what? The new IFB doesn't even deserve it as, as a whole or the other pastors. They don't deserve the hate that they're getting because of unchurched knuckleheads. Or, and not even... Maybe I'm being a little mean with that. Maybe not unchurched knuckleheads, but a lot of, you know, they are, there's a lot of people that are getting saved as a result of that. And they're just not mature Christians yet. They're, they're new Christians. So, uh, you know, pastors, you need to figure out how to, how to work with these people. And again, if you, I'm hundred percent honest about this. Okay. I am post-trip. I am different on the Jews, but if you have people in your church who align with me on these things and you ever need help on kind of just knowing how to deal with these people, I will help you. I, I, I know how to help you with these people. I know how to deal with these things and I, I want your church to do good. I don't want it to get hurt by them. So don't ever be afraid to reach out and just like, Hey, you know, what is What's with these people? You know, what am I supposed to do with these people with a whole bunch of kids that want to go soloing all the time, but won't put their kids in the nursery? How, how do you handle those people? You know, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's, it's funny. Some of the things that we get all freaked out about, but I, I I'm on your side. I want your church to do good. I, I, I don't want division. And so I think I, I think I know some tips on how you can deescalate potential situations. And so anyway, trying to talk to both sides, trying to be that bridge today, trying, trying to be that bridge. But uh, either way, I'm going to keep preaching what I believe on these things. You keep preaching what you believe. We'll keep kicking your backside over here when it comes to this stuff. But at, at the same time, it's fair game in the online world. It's fair game. This is YouTube. This is Facebook. This is this is social media. You have every right to go on social media and do exactly what I am doing for your side. But I would never go into your church. 
and do any of this stuff. Uh, that would be wrong, and I don't think you would do that in my church either. I, I do, don't believe you would do that. I have had several pre-trib preachers preach for me in the last few years, and you know one of the things they always tell me? And I'm always, I, I always appreciate when they tell me this, but they don't even need to tell me this. And, and the reason I have them come preach in my church is because I know the kind of people they are, and I know I don't even need to tell them. But they always assure me that they're not gonna, they won't talk about rapture stuff and the Jews and all that kind of stuff. They just want to come and be a blessing to our church. They always tell me that, and, and, and I'm, I'm not mad at them for it. I, I appreciate it, but they didn't need to tell me that because I already knew that about them because I knew their character. And because I knew their character, I knew if I invited them to come to, to my church, it would be their goal to be a blessing and a help to our church, and they would never want to come and cause division. And that, and I'm, and I'm the same way. When I go to other churches, I would, I just can't imagine. I don't have it in me to just go in there when I'm invited in out of the goodness of their heart and blow things up. Can't, I can't imagine that. And that's why you know infiltrators. When we look at those infiltrators in Jude, they're some of the scum of the earth, and they do come into churches. And they attach themselves to certain groups and, uh, you know, claim certain labels and things like that. Every, every group has this old IFB, new IFB. I mean, any, uh, Ruckmanites, there's all of them have these types that come through. And so, um, you know, this is just one of the things that we have to deal with. And in the Baptist world, there's you know, ones that we are more likely going to face off with just because of certain things that we agree on. That's we're there's a certain group that we are going to attract, but let's be ready for it. It's what we signed up for when we came, we became pastors. So I appreciate everybody watching this today. Appreciate everybody. Uh, I didn't catch everything that was being said in the live chat, but uh, it looks like there's a lot of talking going on there. That's always good, but I appreciate the good live audience. So uh, get the word out there. And I, I really I really want pastors, I, I want everybody to see, I want the pastors to see this. I hope it will help them. But I want those who agree with me to see this and to please follow these things. And uh, so I don't have the next pastor jumping down my throat for something that you did. That ain't right. So go out there, be normal. Thank you. And so thank you all for watching. God bless. We'll see you all next time.